You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Thank you all for listening to our show. If this is your first time experiencing a Locked On Boston College podcast, I want to welcome you. We are a daily Boston College podcast, the only one on the internet you're going to ever find. Hosted by me, AJ Black. I am the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com, part of the Fan Nation and Sports uh, Illustrated Network. And I have been doing this show for the last three and a half months. It's been a lot of fun. So if this is your first time, strap on in. We're going to have a good show today. On today's show, we are going to discuss the news there were some interesting things going on in women's basketball, in football, and all sorts of other things that you're going to want to know about. We're also going to dive in as I give you who I think is going to be the next head coach at Boston College for men's basketball. We talked about yesterday, we're kind of talked about where they are in terms of ranking. Today, I'm going to give you who it is and I have some little background information I want to give you to give you a better feel of who the next head coach is going to be at Boston College. And then finally, we're going to look at running backs for spring football. So as we've discussed before, we're going to go through each of these positions, kind of talk about where the the current grouping is at, talk about questions, discuss anything that's popped up in this offseason, and get ready for spring football. So let's jump into news first, as we always do. It's always news first here at Lockdown Boston College. Quickly, in women's basketball, they've had a rough season, uh, but they have had some postseason honors given out today as Taylor Soule, the junior forward, was given first-team All-ACC honors for her play this year. She averaged about 16 points a game, 3.2 offensive rebounds per game, which was second in the ACC. Obviously, one of the better offensive players on Boston College, and she was honored. uh, This was the first year, I believe, she got that, as she's only the third Boston College player to make first-team All-ACC, also with Caroline Shields and Emma Guy, who made it last year. So congratulations, Taylor. So Marnell Garad who is one of Boston College's guards. She's a uh, guard from Lynn. She is the she got onto the All-ACC a- defensive team uh, as she leads the ACC in steel. So congratulations to her, too. I always like talking about women's basketball. And speaking of women's basketball, they are playing tonight this afternoon against Pitt in the ACC tournament. So make sure to check that out. It's on Nesson Plus if you have that station. One of the big questions going into this offseason for football has been the timing for spring football. We haven't heard much of anything uh, from Boston College in terms of dates. We knew that Pro Day was going to be March 26th, and then that was going to be the same like uh, workouts as the NFL Combine because the NFL Combine was not going to happen. So if you have not paid attention, March 26th is, is Pro Day, and scouts can send uh, representatives to Pro Day to basically run NFL Combine-esque drills for these players. And it doesn't make sense to me that only two players got in for this, but there's only two. And it's Isaiah McDuffie and and Hunter Long. Hunter Long didn't surprise me. Obviously, he's going to do 
Uh, he's you know a sec, a th- probably a third round draft pick at this point. As uh, you know, NFL Draft Bible on the SI Network said put him at as a third round draft pick. So he's going to have to perform because they're going to want to you know compare his tangibles against other um, tight ends that, in the draft. So he's on there. It surprised me that Isaiah McDuffie made it, but Max Richardson did not. Now I I kind of put both of them in similar footings. I think Isaiah McDuffie has a little bit more speed, so he probably has a, a higher shelf life in the NFL, but it surprised me that both of them didn't, especially like if, if they're going to be there, why not just have both of them work out? I mean, if Max Richardson's in the draft and Max Roberts is in the draft, have them do it too. The only thing I can think of is that McDuffie and Hunter Long are relatively local guys. McDuffie's from Buffalo, New York. I know it's not really local, but Northeast and Hunter Long is from New, uh, New Hampshire. So having them work out here, if they're just in the area, they can have them come to Boston College and do those workouts. Max Richardson's from Georgia, and I've, I, I follow him on social media, and he looks like he's all over the country right now, but not in Boston. So maybe he's not going to be at Pro Day. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Maybe he will be. Maybe he won't. But it's the only thing I can think of is the reason why he won't be there. But we'll have to watch that. That'll be March 26th. Now, the other date you're going to want to watch for for BC football March 16th will be Jeff Halfley's press conference. I will be there. That'll be it, – it's all virtual this year for um, the media again, and that's fine. We'll be able to talk to Jeff Halfley, ask him some questions. Can't wait to talk to him. He's always engaging. I know you guys really enjoy. We'll see to hear what he has to say. Practice starts March 20th for Boston College. Seems like a later start. I, I remember a lot of BC spring games happening at the very end of March sometimes in early April, so it seems late to me. Um, but maybe I'm not. And then the spring game will be April 24th. Now, it says in the tweet from Jason Baum that they don't know yet if they're going to have fans at these games, at this game. Now, if you remember, last week we had uh, talked about Charlie Baker allowing the pro teams to have um, fans in attendance at Gillette and at TD Garden and, and Fenway, but it didn't really get into college sports so we don't know yet if baseball will have it we don't have a feeling yet if if um bc football will there's a lot more moving parts with a college campus than there is in the pros and i don't know if they're i i honestly don't know i if i was a betting man i would bet that there will not be fans at the spring game i know people want to go but i'm just thinking based off of safety they're probably not going to have them there but it would be nice i mean if if the numbers get lower and based off of what I've been seeing, it seems like it's getting there. Maybe they could figure out a way to make it happen. I mean, I've been, I've gone to f- so many spring games in the last, you know, twenty years or so, and there's never more than five thousand people there. You just spread them out around the stadium, and boom, you're done. That you just, you know, re- require a mask or whatever, and get fans in there. So, I, I know there's a lot of t- it's it's tricky though. You know, the campus has to figure all those pieces out. And uh, especially with like parking and things like that. So we'll see what happens with uh, the spring game as that comes up. At least I hope that if they, even if we can't go, that they televise it so we can watch it because I'm, I will watch the spring game. I've I've told you guys before, I I will watch any football and I don't care if it's a, a scrimmage and you know, with those spring games, it's always um, these, random scoring systems. We didn't get to see what Halfley would choose. I was dying last year to see what he would pick. But I remember under Adazio and Spaziani and even Jeff Jeff uh, Jagosinski and O'Brien, you know, they give you like three points for a first down and two points for a tackle for a loss and all these weird scoring systems. 
Uh, but those are gone. I, I I hope that he goes more with like we've seen it once or twice where it's like maroon versus gold. They have captains. They pick the teams and have fun from there. Those are always a little bit more fun, but I get it. There's all sorts of little things that go into a spring game that makes things a little bit more challenging to, to do that kind of game. But we'll see. In a moment, we're going to chat about men's basketball and discuss that coaching position again. It's been one of the biggest topics on our, our podcast for the last three weeks. And heck, I ain't changing it now. But before we do, let's chat about my friends at Bilt Bar. I am I love Bilt Bar. I'm telling you, I've talked about this more and more as as I get to eat these. These are delicious. They're 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. There are so many great flavors. I mean, some of the ones I love, cookies and cream, the coconut almond or even just plain almond, and my wife loves the peanut butter brownie. I just ordered her another box because you know, I just we just we we can all, we're always running out. She's always going into my box and eating my Bilt Bars. Now, the Bilt Bars are perfect because they are nutritious and filled with all the good stuff you need. They're low sugar, high protein, and high fiber with a low calorie, and they're great for the keto diet. Now, we have a special deal with Bilt Bar. If you head on over and use promo code LOCKEDON20, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BiltBar.com. There are so many great podcasts on the Locked On Network. One of my favorites is this our new, our new show, Locked On Today. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, two top teams in the NBA's Western Conference battle it out before the All-Star break. Will the Suns and Lakers meet again in the Western Conference Finals? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we're going to finish off our news segment by talking about BC basketball that face off with Florida State tonight at 9 p.m. Again, another game. I I keep forgetting that this team is still playing. I know they had an emotional win on Saturday against Notre Dame, but it felt like that would have been a perfect way to end the season. But, well, we got to continue. And they're facing off with the Seminoles, who are number 11 in the country. And it's a 9 p.m. start, which... Oh, another night game. I hate night games, <laughs> especially at this point of the season. Just come on. Give us a 7 p.m. tip off, please. Well, this is the 19th, 20th meeting between the two teams. BC is 7-12 and all time against Florida State. All 19 games have come in ACC play. Now, last year, Boston College lost 80-62 to against what was then number 7-8 and Florida State at the Tucker Center. BC did beat Florida State two years ago in 2019, an 87-82 win over the then number 11 Seminoles. So there you go. We've had a win against the number 11 Florida State team, but they haven't played this year. This is the first time these two teams have locked up. They were supposed to play on February 2nd in Chestnut Hill, but that was one of those games that was called off because of COVID-19. Now, this is a senior night game for Florida State, and there were, I believe, six seniors on their team. So... Energy is going to be high for this Florida State team that really is starting to battle and get themselves positioned for the ACC tournament and getting themselves into the NCAA tournament. You know, they have a great coach in Leonard Hamilton who is, you know, one of is becoming one of the legendary ACC coaches. Just the way he's got this Florida State team playing, you know, they're very, very good. So it's going to be, you know, it was it was nice to beat Notre Dame on Saturday to get that second ACC win. But Notre Dame, as I said the first time the two of them played, 
is not a very good team. They they played BC well that first game because BC at that point was really bad. And like on Saturday, we saw one of the worst defenses go up against Boston College. You're not going to get that against um, Florida State. Now, Florida State has given up just 69 points per game on defense, and they've held de- uh, opposing offenses to 40% shooting from the field. They out-rebound their opponents by five rebounds a game, and they have one more block per game than BC with 5.1 blocks per game. So this is a good team. Florida State is not going to be an easy matchup for Boston College. And if BC wins this, really, it says a lot about how this team is playing for Scott Spinelli. If A team that has two ACC wins goes and beats a borderline top 10 team on the road on senior day, that's pretty magical. I don't think it's going to happen. I think we saw some magic, but BC, the warning signs are still there. This team still has the issues. You know, they let up 90 points to Notre Dame, and some of the time, some of their defensive um, near the end of the game was just really poor. So I think Florida State's going to probably win this pretty easily. And at this point, it doesn't matter. But, it, you know, I think as long as Boston College can try to make it competitive and stay in the game and not get embarrassed, that's all you can ask for at this point. Now, we're talking about Leonard Hamilton and how great of a coach he is and what he's done at Florida State. And when you talk about Leonard Hamilton, you want to talk about Dennis Gates. And Dennis Gates right now is the current head coach at Cleveland State. I talked about him on the show yesterday as one of my two favorites to win the job. And he has a history at Florida State. He was one of the assistant coaches under Leonard Hamilton. He was there for a while. He's only 41 years old, and I bring him up because I have I have my sources. Oh, let's just say I would be surprised if he's not the head coach for Boston College in a couple weeks. Now, he's obviously still playing. Cleveland State is still in the tournament. And I've talked extensively about what I think about Dennis Gates, and I, have, I am readily admitted that I had a different set of criteria when this coaching start, search started. But then as I continue to research what Boston College needed and thought more deeply into the the kind of needs of this program, I think Dennis Gates hits every box Boston College has in terms of what they're looking for in a head coach. And here's why. They need a coach that has extensive ACC experience, that knows what this conference is like. He has that. Guys like Mark Schmidt do not. John Becker does not. That's a big, big checkbox for Dennis Gates. You want a coach that can recruit at this level. Dennis Gates is one of the most successful recruiters in Florida State's history and was basically one of Leonard Hamilton's big-time recruiters when he was there. He can do it. Now, the big question is, and I think it's fair – a lot of times he brings in JUCO players, especially at Cleveland State. Given the academic restrictions Boston College has, will he be able to do that in this area? So I think that that's something to look at, but he has success in recruiting. He is a recruiter. okay. And when we talk about Mark Schmidt, he's another name that's been popping up a lot lately as a possible head coach. What was the big thing that people said about him is that he takes te- he took a team that was in the dumps and he took them and made them successful. Well, Dennis Gates has done that too, and he has all those other things, some of them which Schmidt does not have. You know, Schmidt has not recruited in the ACC. Gates has. So I think that Dennis Gates is has all that. 
plus he's a young coach. As we saw with Jeff Halfley, that immediately brought up the interest in this program, right? He's a young coach with energy, with with a pedigree. I think the pedigree is a big thing. And he's going to bring that to Boston College. That's my prediction heading forward, and I think it's going to happen. My sources are telling me that it's, it, it should happen. So I, th- I think fans are going to get excited. Now, the, the big piece that I think lacks is not as big as I thought when it first started, which is it doesn't have that wow factor. And I, I kept talking about that on this podcast, but I, I change sometimes, and I admit that. I'm not going to be the first guy to say that I, I'm stuck in my ways. I thought that BC needed a coach that wowed them. But what good is wowing for you if they fall apart, right? Like, it's nice to have a wow, but if they're not winning, that doesn't matter. I think Dennis Gates, if he comes here, will get the wow factor just the same way Halfley did, with his energy and enthusiasm and winning on on the field. If he goes out there and battles and brings BC back and starts beating teams... It doesn't matter what his background is in terms of, you know, is he? he's not John Beeline, he's not Kevin Willard. If he wins, that's all that matters. And I've heard more and more that he's a name that is very big in coaching circles right now. And that if Boston College doesn't grab him, some other team's going to grab him soon. So he is, I think it's a big, this is a big get if this is who Boston College gets. And I, if you're a Boston College fan, he's going to get exciting. And he, I, I think... More so than Steve Donahue, more so definitely more so than Jim Christian, he's going to be a coach that will get this program heading in the right direction. Uh, you know, he's young, he's a, a person of color. I think that's the both things that will will help him build this program, and then he, hopefully the the program will build around him. Will give him the practice facility, get him the assistance he needs, and give him the financial support so that he can build the basketball program. So. That's my thought. I'm I'm saying right now that I think probably by the time that the NCAA tournament starts going, Dennis Gates will be the head coach at Boston College. Now, he may wait until Cleveland State finishes their NCAA run if they make it. I mean, if they lose in the Horizon League uh, Conference t- uh, Tournament, if they have one. I'm not even sure if they do or not. Um, they they may – he may have to wait. A, we may have to wait to hear that. But that's my, that's my, my two cents on that. Now, in a moment – Let's chat about football. I've talked a little bit about uh, the dates for spring football. So let's talk about the positions. And we talked about yesterday, the quarterback. I, I chatted about Phil Dracovic and all those depth players that they have on the roster and what they mean to BC. But we're going to also talk about running backs today. So we're going to jump into and talk about running backs. And I want to kind of give you a different spin because obviously when Alex Sinkfield um, committed to Boston College, it kind of changed things. But let's, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that. But before we do, let's go into betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Now, with Major League Baseball around the corner and NHL and college basketball in full swing, you can head on over to betonline.ag and make all the wagers that you want to make. It could be prop bets. It could be overrunners. They have it all. Head on over to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Now, if you put in $100, they're going to give you $50 on top of that. We know we know the books don't like to give away money, but that's what betonline.ag does for Locked On customers. All you need to do is use promo code Locked On and they'll hook you up. Head on over to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, how much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? 
If you want to know more, you need to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Prospects, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. I'm the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. Head on over and check out my work there. If you want recruiting news, we have that there. We have all the news and analysis you want. I have a whole article up about Dennis Gates if he becomes head coach. Um, But my thoughts on what I just talked about in the last segment is up on the site, so check that out as well. And join our community. If you like listening and you want to talk to other BC fans, we have a comment section. It's right below some of those annoying ads that you see on the web. Um, Just sign up. You can sign up with your Twitter account, Facebook, whatever you want, and, and, and talk to us. I'm really good about responding to commenters on the site and I love to to interact with you all. Even if you want to say to me like, hey, I don't agree with you. I don't think Dennis Gates is a good fit. Um, I'm always up for a good argument. So check check us out there too. I'd love to, to talk to you there. So let's jump into football. My favorite topic. Obviously, I'm a football guy at heart. Actually, I grew up as a baseball guy, but some of the, the nonsense around the Red Sox kind of took the life out of me there and I jumped into football full force. So let's talk football because I'm excited for spring football. It's only a couple more weeks away. We get Jeff Halfley in a few weeks. And on yesterday's show, we dissected the quarterback room. So let's talk about the the running back room. And, and let's look at the, the cast of characters that Frank Signetti Jr. has on his roster heading into this season. Now, the big news heading into this offseason was, was twofold. Boston College lost a player, but they also gained a player at the running back position. So Travis Levy, who was expected... To, to enter, you know, either the draft or po- post-college uh, world, ended up coming back to Boston College. He decided he was going to take advantage of the NCAA's ruling to have an extra year and play with Jeff Halfley for a second year. And I think that's great. Travis Levy was a captain this year. He's well-regarded with his team. And he does a lot of the, the little things right. He's not an explosive player. But he's not a guy that makes a ton of mistakes, and you respect that. He's a hard guy. I mean, it was one game last year. I swore he took two or three massive hits and got right back up. So glad to see Travis Levy get one more chance. And then obviously the other player that left was David Bailey. And we don't know where David Bailey's heading yet. And I have predicted all along that he's going to end up at Colorado State with Steve Adazio. And I don't blame him. If you're a running back that plays the way David Bailey does, why not go to Colorado State? And especially after the year he had last year where he wasn't as effective as he had been. Playing with Adazio in a power running system in a uh, group of five, pro, uh, group of six school, makes sense. So he's gone. And then Alex Sinkfield has joined Boston College. And as, as we talked to uh, Scott Ka- Skyler Kalanin of West Virginia Maven, who's part of the SI Network, he says that um, Sinkfield is a speedster who has good vision and is a home run threat, like guy who could take it to the house every single time. Uh, so he's going to be exciting. And, and I think that skill set is exactly what Boston College lacked at the running back position last year. What you saw at running back in 2019 were some good running backs, but nothing spectacular. And I think that's why Boston College went away from the running back and, and the run so often. You had Bailey and Garwo, who were just kind of physical backs who could get you three yards a clip, but nothing spectacular. And you never saw a lot out of either of them. Garwo was scary to watch because he seemed to have butterfingers for quite a bit of the season. Then he got hurt and he was out and then he came back. I I don't know what he's going to do for Boston College, but 
I think what Boston College lacked last year is going to be a, actually a piece of strength for that group this year. And that's that explosiveness. And here's why. So you get Sinkfield, who's an established star. He'll probably be one of the every down backs who can do a lot of what Boston College's offense is built to do, which is some of those swing passes, some of those intermediate screenshots, whatever they need to do to get him the ball and space, they're going to do it. And on top of that, to, you know, to do the draws, do the runs, whatever he needs to do to get the ball in his hand, they're going to do that. They're going to have Levy. He'll probably be the third down back, as I've said before. And Garwo is a power back. You always need a power back. But on top of Sinkfield for that speed roll, you add in some of the freshmen that are already on campus. You have Lewis Bond out of Chicago and Xavier Coleman out of Lenape, New Jersey. Two backs that kind of fill the same role as what Sinkfield does. They're both speed backs that can do, you know, get the ball in space. They can catch the ball. They're much different. So you now have three running backs that are the antithesis of what Steve Adazio used as running backs, other than maybe like Sherm Alston. Sherm Alston was a little different, but these guys aren't like Sherm Alston. Sherm Alston was a very different type of back. I like what they these guys are going to be able to do, and I because I think they're going to add a multi-dimensional piece to this offense. Because what you want an offense to do is to be able to beat you in a bunch of different ways. And last year's offense did an excellent job beating teams through the air. You had Phil Dracovic, you know, throwing for almost, you know, for 20 plus touchdowns. But the piece that we were always expecting Boston College to do, the piece about running the ball was gone. Boston College, a team for years under Steve Adazio that could just line up and smash you in the mouth and win games doing that, no longer could run the ball at all. And I think BC needs to add that piece back in. You need to have that balance. But I think it needs to work in the way that uh, uh, Frank Signetti envisions that. So when you have an offensive line that's doing this new type of zone blocking that's a little different than the man-to-man stuff that you saw under Adazio, you need running backs with vision. Running backs that can cut, that can see things and move quick, You know, not just forward, but from side to side. And BC now has a, a stable of backs that can do that. And I think that in itself will fix the running issues that Boston College last year. Because what David Bailey could do is you hand him the ball and he'll just run guys over. But when the blocks aren't there, he's now running guys over at the line of scrimmage and trying to move three guys. And he just couldn't do that. When you have a running back that can cut and avoid that hit and use their speed to get outside of those hits, they're going to be able to do more. And I think that's what we're going to see with this group. So that's something to watch during spring ball to see how Signetti uses his new running backs to, to work out his vision and to find out how he's going to plan out to use those runs. Is Sinkfield going to be the every down back or is he going to split bat runs between him and Garwo? And then there's other running backs. We don't even know what they're going to do with Andre Hines. Who's more of a, again, another power back and Javian Dane's on the roster, and Peter Sturr. Those are other guys that could play a role if they if they earn it in camp, and we don't know we don't know what they're gonna do. So they're all worth watching, and these are all names to keep an eye on during spring ball. Now on a show, our show later this week, tomorrow we're gonna recap Boston College and Florida State. 
We'll look at the Boston College Pitt Women's ACC Tournament game and talk about any news, especially if there's any breaking basketball news. Hopefully, we'll get to talk about that as well. So you're not going to want to miss that. And if you want to catch up to Boston College news during the day, I recommend that you check out our Twitter account, at BulletinBC for my BC Bulletins show. I mean, our site. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. I give you more of the the insider feel and I talk about things from more of a report, like from my perspective. And then for the twi- Twitter for the, the podcast, it's at LockedOnBC. And that'll give you all the updates on the show and anything to do with that piece as well. So I, I three Twitter accounts. Some people can't even handle one. I have three of them. My gosh. And then I have Facebook and Instagram as well. You can find us there as well. So I hope you check those out. And if you like our podcast, please give us a five-star review. I, again, we're a, a Boston College podcast that does this every single day during the season. And we'll have a, a, a little uh, adjusted schedule during the offseason because I can't – I won't be able to do this every day during the offseason. But we'll talk about what, when that starts and we'll, we'll, we'll go down that road. But I'm looking to get more guests in. I, I have – I've been reaching out and I know we had said Sean Marshall – that don't say that that's not going to happen because I've talked to him and we're just hammering out a new date. There was just a miscommunication between me and him. So uh, hopefully we'll get him in soon and we'll get some other guys. I can't wait to try to find some more names that you guys are going to want to hear. So this is AJ Black. I'm signing off. Have a happy Wednesday, everyone, and we'll see you all again tomorrow for another show. Take care.